Welcome to the Cambridge Plus Changing Careers series, where we learn how careers change and how people change their careers. Last episode, we had Dr. Ronita Baden from the Department of Architecture, who talked about her research into the community workspace. Today, we're continuing that thread with someone who has made a company, a business, with community workspaces. Jules Robertson is co-founder and CEO of Tally Market. Tally Market brings organizations and individuals on one side with shared workspaces on the other. So welcome, Jules. Hi, nice to be here. Jules, tell us the story of how Tally Market came to be. Sure. Um, so we started Tally Market around a year and a half ago. Um, myself and my co-founder, Laura, who's a great friend of mine from university, we were both working at startups um, and obviously the pandemic hit and we couldn't go into our offices that we had. Um, and both our companies were paying was millions of pounds per year to have those workspaces. And what happened is really the individuals who were stuck at home didn't have good spaces to work. And so the original idea was about providing workspaces for individuals to use when they couldn't use their main office. But actually what happened is it evolved as companies gave up their full-time office space and we became more of a one-stop solution for teams and teams wanting to come together. So the idea was only paying for workspace that you actually use and enabling companies to let their employees actually have the choice themselves of where they want to work, either as an individual or as a group, and choose from thousands of spaces across the globe. Um, because we all know that like the traditional model of going into like a nine to five office five days a week doesn't make sense, like both for the employee and also for the company. So what kind of uh, companies have you found who gravitate towards this sort of model m more? Sure. Yeah, we originally started with smaller companies who were completely remote. So that was companies who had A, always been remote, B, had been born over the last two years and had never got to the stage of getting an office. And a lot of companies who had given up their office, they'd managed to get out of their lease and managed to uh, not pay tens of thousands a month for their office that wasn't being used. Um, so originally, it started off with very remote companies who would give everyone the ability to book workspace as and when they want. Sometimes they would also book a part-time office through us, so they would have an office a couple of days a week, um, which can be nice to like bring some consistency into their work schedule. However, we're increasingly working with larger companies who we they already have, or we find them a permanent space but it's normally only 25 to 40% of their total employee count. So for instance, they're a company of 100 who mostly are centered around London. We'll find them an office of for 30. They'll use that as a hub. And the way that they use that office space is very different. It's very for collaboration. It's not banks of desks. Um, it's lots of meeting rooms, breakout spaces. And then they'll also use the Tally Market platform to then book additional workspace and meeting rooms, which enables them to like reduce the full-time cost that enables them to get a much nicer space. Because one of the things that I'm sure everyone has found is that actually employees want a much nicer space to go to, to persuade people to leave their house and their setup and their coffee machine and everything they like at home. Um, really, people want to be going to a lovely space that has all the right amenities. So it enables companies to have 
to basically like cut their costs, have nicer spaces and have a very consistent experience for their employees. So you're speaking to us from one of your works, one of these shared workspaces. So can you tell us uh, what can you see in this shared workspace? What is it? How does it look? What are some of the amenities that attracted you, attracts people to leave their home? Yeah, of course. So this is a really nice example, a very popular venue for us. It's called The Full Wood um, and it's in Holborn um, and it's run by an operator called X and Y. They're a relatively new operator. Um, so when you talk about operator, that's like a WeWork. Um, and their big thing is their B Corp. So they're all about sustainability. And that's a big theme that we see is companies really looking for spaces that reflect that that motto and that mission of companies that want to like you know give back this workspace in particular is really well laid out um, it's across multiple floors people want phone booths it's got a roof terrace there's activities there's free lunches there is showers there's a towel service they can do your laundry for you um like they need to be a much better experience than coming to coming to working from your home this is also a particularly popular location for us um, I think the new term is like Midtown. It's like in between Holborn and Soho. Everyone wants an office in Midtown these days in London. Um, and what you'll find, I'm sure it's, it's kind of obvious, is that everyone wants offices around those big commuter hubs. So like London Bridge, Waterloo, um, Chancery Lane, King's Cross, etc. Um, it's like the big ones for us. Location, location and quality of space seem to be the biggest drivers. Jules, you've been you've worked in companies that had those banks of offices, and you've obviously sat through meetings before, etc. So, what do you observe to be the different type of work that takes place in a shared workspace? Sure. Yeah, in shared workspace, normally it's when people are coming together um, as a group. Eighty um, percent of our bookings actually on telemarket are for group spaces. So whether that's individuals just booking co-working passes and coming at the same time or they might book a more distinct kind of like meeting room or like there's a new like zoom rooms or you know snugs etc so it's more like sofa areas and um normally when people come in the most popular days for us in terms of people booking shared workspace is wednesdays and thursdays and normally it's like a lot more collaborative some companies even have it so you're not supposed to even really do work on those days it's just more like a, a bonding day and what we find is companies are very prescriptive. They do like workshops, um, they'll do team meetings, they'll have like lunch, they'll leave early, go to the pub. Um, sometimes they can be a little more, more kind of like softer skills. Um, having said that, it's very important for the spaces to have like phone booths and smaller meeting rooms because everyone pops out for calls all the time. It sounds so amazing. I, I feel like I, I really should take a train down to London and book myself in. But Jules, what do you think about the future of work? Do you think this sort of model is going to be much more prevalent? Yeah, I think in terms of companies from like an employee value proposition, because like at the moment, and I mean, always every companies want the best talent and a huge driver for that at the moment is flexibility, like across different parameters, but flexibility and location is a huge one. Um, and so I think the best employers to get the best talent really have to provide a flexible way to work. And that's different for everyone. And so there is definitely a need and like a drive for people to come together and collaborate. But you need to be able to provide other individuals with spaces that work for them. And especially younger employees or like less well off, you can't, it's, it's a bit hard to be like, 
you have to hire them as completely remote. Otherwise, if you want, if you say you're providing workspace, you do have to be able to provide that for them. And for companies, it doesn't make sense sometimes to have a full-time office. So I think the future of work looks different for every company and everyone's differently still working it out. And I think with the companies we work with, the best companies are the ones that say, we don't actually know what the future of work is, but we're going to try this out for now and see what happens and reevaluate. And what the future of work for this individual company looks like will change as we grow, as our product changes, as our customers change. Like, I think it just needs to be a lot more fluid. I don't think there's a a set future for every, probably looks very different for every company, whereas traditionally it was the same for every single one. Do you think companies would, take so much to this sort of um, a model that they bring some of these workspaces in in-house so that they have their own offices set out like with the um, roof terrace and the free lunches do you think companies will do that yeah 100% we already see that happening quite a lot um, as I say like the larger companies they're getting smaller I mean we're calling them offices but really it's like a a hub or an innovation center or like there's lots of cringe words for it um but increasingly they're getting spaces that are not they don't have any desks or banks of desks they are completely lounge spaces roof terrorists you know baristas activities they're definitely more like a, a hub because it, essentially to create culture is very important to have your own brand and your own feel and you know if you want to bring clients etc um but no one wants to come to an office just to sit on Zoom, really. This reminds me of uh, many of the big tech companies that try to that did something like this, right? They built these corporate campuses where everything is available, uh, and the idea there was really everything that their employees needed was at the office. Uh, and there's, I guess, some people liked it. You know, this these twenty year olds straight out of university. It was almost like going back to college. But there was also a pushback to say, well, there's a distinction between my my home life and my work life, and this seems to be blurring it. Do you think that's part of the reason why something like a shared workspace might become more more um, more popular? Definitely, I think as you say, like the work life balance has definitely shifted. People are definitely prioritizing life over work. Um, and that means that people still want those amazing facilities, but they don't want to have to travel to them. They don't want to be dictated them. I guess historically people have seen that as like a way to keep you on campus and working harder, et cetera, where now it's seen as like a benefit really. Um, so yeah, definitely. And I think traditionally, I guess your work community has been your company and you've been in the same space as them. You contact them all day or doing the same work. I guess in terms of when you're using shared workspaces, your community doesn't necessarily need to be people you work with. It can be people who have similar roles in different companies who are using the same workspace as you. And there can be like an assimilation of information between different teams and it doesn't need to be like within the same company. That idea of interacting uh, and meeting people from different companies, different industries, I think that was one of the key selling points of WeWork. Yeah. And of course, everybody knows the the rise and fall of WeWork. So, Jules, I want to ask you, if you had a chance to ask uh, Adam Newman, you know, of WeWork, one question, what would it be? I was thinking about this, and uh, my question was going to be for him is where his favorite space to work is. Um, Because we actually work with WeWork, like um, they're one of our our partners as well that we, we do some work with. 
and um, yeah, I just like I'm, I'm completely overwhelmed by how many spaces they own and like will they operate. And so I'd love to know which of the WeWorks is his favorite, and you know what his actual work schedule is like in terms of spaces he uses. If he uses his house or WeWorks. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of Zen stuff going on with him. But yeah, it's probably go. in a forest somewhere. Yeah. So, Jules, how can people find out more about you and Tally Market? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'd love that if people visit www.tallymarket.co.uk. Um, it's the best way to find out more. Always email me at jules at tallymarket.co.uk. All right. And Jules, since you're gonna, you want to ask Adam Newman where's his favorite workplace or work schedule, I must ask you the same thing. Where's your favorite place? To work oh, that's and a good one. get into the flow of things. Yeah, my favourite is is an independent workspace. Actually, it's called the Halley. It's in Haggerston in East London. It's right on the canal, so it's like a twenty minute walk for me. So you can wake up with a nice walk. Um, it's a workspace specifically designed for people in the music industry, um, but anyone is allowed to go. It's got beautiful views, lots of natural light, oat milk. I'm very fussy about having oat milk. It's very. <laughs> <laughs> very millennial of me um it's funny what people are very specific about but yeah that's my personal favorite but we actually did an interesting exercise everyone on our team um said what their favorite one and everyone's favorite is different so there there proves the point so if you're ever going down the canal near haggiston pop by you said the halley is it yeah the halley yeah yeah and that's you great. might see jules over there with her bottle of with her oat, oat milk yeah all right. Well, thank you very much, Jules. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was Jules Robertson, co-founder and CEO of Tally Market, telling us about the company and her favorite places to work. Next week, we won't have Adam Newman of WeWork fame or notoriety, but we will have someone who has been looking at the rise and fall of WeWork over several years. I don't want to give too much away, so just stay tuned for next week's episode. Till then, this is Conrad Chua on Changing Careers.